This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Pajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. All right, with me here, we have uh, Mike Ellis. We have Brian Kozer, Carlos Fanseca, and a newcomer, Brad Miller. So welcome, guys. Hi. Thank you. Uh, all right, Brad. Since you're the, a newcomer here, um, got some questions here for you um, that I ask all the new guests. So, uh, when did you start sim racing? I started sim racing uh, with the very first uh, Pappy game uh, when it first came out. Uh, I'm guessing in the 90s. Uh, when did you start I racing then? Three years ago. Well, about three and a half years ago. So you've been on it for a while. Um, how often do you race, and what series do you normally uh, race? Normally, uh, it's uh, the trucks, B and A, uh, and mostly fixed, but I will do several opens. Okay. Um, what kind of equipment do you have? I'll run a, a AMD six core processor, uh, dual 7700 uh, video cards, and I use a G25 wheel and a newly built race seat. Uh, don't have any examples of it yet, but it's still in the process, but using it okay right now. All right, so you're building a race seat on your own? I am. It's uh, kind of a combination of my old computer desk, uh, a base, and a seat out of a real car. Hmm, okay. Uh, do you race in any leagues, Brad? No, not really. I race with Team Kifosi, and that's pretty much it. Just the NIS series, open and fixed. All right. So, Brad, what is your probably your most memorable race moment that you've had on iRacing? I think it was the first or second year, and it was uh, I think the first year that they did the Brickyard 400. I was running third, and going into the last lap, I was third. Everybody started running out of fuel, and I passed first place in turn between three and four and won the race. Oh, very nice. Uh, what's your most embarrassing moment that you've had on Iverson? That was another win at New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago. Had fresh tires, and the guy had like, I don't know, 40 lap old tires. And we got together. I'm not saying it was my fault or his fault, but I could have passed him easily, but we got together and he wrecked and ended up like 16th, but he had led the whole race. And I had run second for, I don't know, over half of it. So 
I mean, I was going to have a good finish, and I was really, I was really more mad that we got together than than disappointed in myself or anything. But that was kind of good. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember you saying that you hate to win that way. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, last Saturday, uh, I racing hosted a big race which was the 24 hours of spa. A lot of people participated in that thing. Um, and uh, it was a very uh, fun race. It uh, was with the HPD and the GT3 cars. Um, and it was uh, interesting putting teams together and people running from uh, at least uh, central time, uh, 8 a.m. on Saturday morning through 8 a.m. Sunday morning. And so it ended up being a long, but very, very, very good race. Um, and before we kind of discuss it uh, here as a group, let me just name off uh, the winners here of, uh, of all the ones I have. Uh, in split one for the HPDs, uh, Vortex Sim Racing HPD won. Um, they won the, the H HPDs. Uh, they were kind of a mixture of Europeans and uh, on there. And uh, in the GT3, there was a full racer, Corneta Simsport, number 18. So I'm assuming that's kind of a, a large uh, team there that they have. And uh, there was a group of guys that, that won the GT3s out there. Um, in split two for the HPDs was a, a, a guys from Iberia. Uh, they were, they're called a BSR team. Uh, they had nine guys on the team. And in the GT3 was a Driving Revolution. In split three in the HPDs, we had online sim racing.de. Um, that's uh, basically four guys from uh, Germany. One of them happens to be Stefan Walter, um, or Walter. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I'm sure that Mike, you remember that we've raced against him probably plenty of times in NIS. Yeah, he's a regular in the NIS, I believe. Yep, and uh, he also has a YouTube channel, and he does have his four hours of racing on there. And uh, so it's, uh, it's uh, I can't remember exactly what the YouTube uh, channel is. It's like the warrior to her. Um, but uh, I'm happy for him that uh, and his team that they won split three in the HPD. And in the GT3 was a team called Torrent Motorsports. In split four, I'm sorry, I don't have the GT3 results. Uh, and I'll talk about the uh, the difficulties of pulling up the results here in a bit. But it was a team called Hugh Jazz. Say that three that's times a, real fast. I think that's a play on words there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's basically uh, four guys from U.S. and one from Australia that ran that. So they won the HPD. So congratulations there. And from uh, Split 5, uh, HPD winners were um, Team Tafosi guys. So, Yay! Uh, <coughs> all US-based uh, team. So, uh, congratulations to us, and uh, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And in uh, split six, it's uh, HPD was a team hard OCP, US-based team. Only three guys. I'm surprised that there was only three guys on that team, because um, you split that up. That's eight hours apiece. That's a lot of driving. Man. And yep, and in the GT3 was scuba racing. So apparently, uh, maybe they're fans of uh, of water-based sports there. So um, 
Let's talk about our 24-hour race, guys. Uh, we had our on here right now who was in the race was myself, Mike, Jose, and Carlos. Plus, also on the team is Matt and John Starkweather, uh, Jason K. Miller, and Colton Landis. And uh, we had a pretty good race. What I'd say think? so. Uh, and I'm, you know what I just realized is, as you read that off, we're the only uh, completely U.S.-based team that won. Uh, an overall uh, win there. All right. Good. How about that? So, uh, Carlos, you started off in the car. Um, how was it getting through that first part of that race? Absolutely terrifying. That's all I could say. You know, there's cars wrecking all over the place, mainly GT3s. That's all I can really say about it. I think I had a couple close calls at the beginning there. Almost had to go off track completely just to miss a thing. Yeah, who's, who stepped in the car next? I, well, uh, yeah, we were trading off, and, you know, Carlos did a great job to not get the car damaged at all, and so did I. Um, and we got to a point where we were hunting the lead, or we're actually we're on the lead lap, and we were trying to stay on the lead lap, and we decided to make a call where uh, Carlos would do a double shift and take over my shift. We were doing a trade-off. Uh, just to get away from that driver change penalty, uh, what is it? Twelve, fifteen seconds, and uh, but yeah, that first part of the race uh, with the the first two drivers went very well. Yeah, it uh, um, around four p.m. Central Time. I think I saw Colton get involved in something. Uh, someone want to talk about that? Yeah, Jose, uh, you you kept a lot of notes and details about that. You want to talk about uh, that part of the race? Uh, sure, not a problem. Uh, yeah, after uh, the sprint uh, from Mike Ellis and uh, and Carlos, uh, Colton took over for a while, uh, approximately about an hour. Um, unfortunately, Colton was able to do very well in the beginning. He was running very fast, probably one of our uh, one of our fastest guys, uh, along with Matt, and uh, he was passing cars uh, left and right. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, came into a, a, a point, uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, which lap it was, but he attempted to pass a BMW a little bit too close, uh, in, in my personal opinion, uh, not giving himself room for error. Unfortunately, the error did happen, and the BMW ended up uh, hitting Carlos in the rear, um, causing, uh, Colton, I'm sorry, uh, causing severe damage to the car. Um, well, not severe damage. Uh, a point uh, it was approximately about eight. Uh, I think it was eight minutes or so of repair. The whole front end visually was knocked. It's off. gone. Yeah, yeah, the whole front end was knocked off. I think he had actually two incidents. One with a, uh, uh, another GT3. I'm not sure exactly why that uh, hit him in the inside uh, of the of the vehicle on the side of the vehicle, which made him lose a little speed. But yes, he was still fast. And then, of course, the second incident with that uh, BMW that eliminated the front. And um, we were able to get that car repaired, uh, get back about eight. We were about eight laps down at that time. Um, yeah, and, and I, uh, believe, uh, I believe we were up by a lap uh, over the second-place car at that time that uh, that happened. That is correct. We were actually leading for a little while um, there. Um, we actually switched off. Um, Leading, I switched off with uh, uh, Col Carlo Colton. I'm sorry, and uh, 
he get, he, we were in the lead. I was able to hold the lead for a little while. Um, actually, I held the lead for my whole full hour and returned the car back in the lead lap. Uh, again, that's when uh, uh, Colton got back on and the second incident happened with the BMW that ended up uh, eliminating our front end for a while. Um, eventually, we got that repaired. Uh, eight laps down, uh, we were able to continue the race, um, handing off the car back and forth between Colton and myself for the next six hours, I believe it was. Um, we did have an issue uh, within the stint um, that uh, iRacing was not able to allow people back into the server for some reason. There was some sort of glitch, and people could not get back in, so I was forced to run a, uh, my last hour as a two-hour stint instead. Um, I was able to hold ground um, and not lose any additional laps, um, giving my car to the next driver in line, who was uh, John uh, uh, Starkweather, and uh, he actually did very, very well. And uh, he, I was think he was fast able, too, wasn't yeah, he? he was very, very fast and was able to regain a lap or two um, before he passed the car off to the next gentleman that had to drive. All right, and. Just to let everyone know that uh, maybe did not suffer from it, but uh, what it was is sometime during the evening, uh, U.S. time, there was anybody that was not currently in the server that was just trying to join the race, um, it would tell them updates required when there was no updates to um, to download, and so they were stuck out, outside of it. No one can get in there for a while, and uh uh, it was good that iRacing was at least uh, watching and listening uh, because someone ended up uh, fixing the issue uh, quite quickly, and uh, then that allowed uh, people to get in. Um, uh, yeah, Alan, I was going to say kudos there, too, because a year ago, getting iRacing to make a fix on the weekend just didn't happen. Yeah, and this was a big event for them, so it would have been pretty bad if... Uh, it would have been cut out basically 12 hours after the race. Because I know that, uh, you know, when I joined, I was afraid to get back out again. Um, you know, at the at the time, I think it was just uh, Matt Starkweather and and Jose that were in the in the server at the time. And you guys would have finished it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, we were dedicated and, and willing uh, to continue. I mean, it was an additional, uh, what, 16 hours? of racing to be done um, when this happens. Uh, we were a little afraid um, about it. I, I don't know how long we were able to last between both of us, um, but we were willing to give it a try if push came to shove. I was so happy when uh, I saw one of the first names come in. I think it was uh, actually you, Alan, I think was one of the first names I saw pop in that connected uh, on our team. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad somebody came and uh, was able to relieve us. Yep. Yeah, I actually got in about uh, 8 p.m. Central Time and and uh, hung in there through uh, to 8 a.m. So um, so that was uh, that was kind of fun. But uh, I'll talk a little bit about the night. Uh, uh, Junior and I, and I um, or you know Jason, we took over probably about 10 p.m. Central. Does that sound about right? I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's approximately correct. Yep. And we drove about uh, six hours um, altogether, and uh, we uh, were doing pretty good, kind of holding our own. Then there was a time where 
the leader who was eight laps ahead of us at that time, eight laps, wow. And he just had a spin in the carousel, but um, wasn't able to get off the track fast enough. And uh, there was another HPD that came and T-boned him pretty good. And so when he was sitting in the pits, uh, um, I was I was in second place at the time when I was uh, racing, and I was looking, you know, and Junior gets on the thing. Oh, the leader just he's in the pits, you know, he's in the pits, and and so I was trying to make up lap after lap and try to take the lead there. Um, when I got hit by a car, uh, a GT3 behind me in the in the pretty much the same spot that Colton got hit, going into turn one, and. Uh, uh, what happened was that he he went low and I stayed high. He was actually letting me go, but then after I I passed him, he went right behind me. And uh, at that time, we didn't have any brake lights on the back of our car, and I kind of wonder if that kind of threw things off on him. On when exactly uh, do I need need a brake? I'm actually a little surprised that he was going as fast as he was going at that time. Um, but uh, I got hit and got pushed into the wall a little bit and wasn't able to take that lead. And then at that time, the third place car came and caught us and uh, took over second place. Um, and so we were uh, running basically with uh, with the second place car, and we were in third for up until about 4 a.m. And when uh, Matt Starkweather came in. And uh, he goes, do you guys need a break? And be honest with you, at that time, me and Junior, we were so tired. <laughs> we, we were so tired. Now, I know I planned to, to sleep late on Saturday, and so I could be kind of in decent condition overnight. But uh, that didn't really work out for me. I'm, I woke up at, you know, my usual time around 7.30 in the morning, and I was up <laughs> all day. I really couldn't even take a nap. And so we were we were just so stinking tired that that night. And when Matt says, you know, you guys need a break, basically we handed the car off to Matt, and Matt took the final four hours. And at that time, uh, the leader who was who was missing their back end completely. The only thing they had was a wing. Their their back end was was gone. Um, they were traveling around around 119s. Uh, which is pretty slow for the HPDs. And, you know, they were probably just trying to, come on, car, come on, car, you can make it, you can make it. And uh, and Matt was traveling around uh, 111s, 112s. And the second place car was a little bit slower than Matt, so Matt was catching up to him. By the way, um, fantastic battle between Matt and the second place car. Um, they, they were battling uh, just you know great and then what happened to the leader was he blew his engine um it took him a while and and uh so uh, he blew his engine probably about two hours left do you think they were and, running around with optional damage as they didn't get fixed or no i think it was uh they probably fixed the optional but eventually the thing was going to blow sometime right and uh, and so when it did blow, that had the opportunity for uh, second place. Now the first place car and Matt, again, that was just a fantastic battle. Probably about an hour and 45 um, minutes left. Uh, uh, Matt took his pit stop. And then the, the car um, that was uh, in first place took the pit stop uh, one lap later. Came out of the pits five seconds behind Matt. So at that time, Matt had the lead. 
And I think that car was uh, just trying to push it up or push it a little too hard when they were coming up the, the hill. Um, El Rouge, I think it's called. And they were kind of coming up the hill. They just lost it and hit the wall. And then basically Matt just had to uh, just bring keep it, it clean. Yeah, bring it home, keep it clean for the rest of the race. And it was great. It was it was great watching. You know, was, uh, me and Junior were talking about it. If we're in first place, you know, at, at a certain time, we can't go to bed. You know, and that was it. We couldn't go to bed. Oh, uh, yeah. I was surprised. I, I think I talked to you guys at um, 1030 Pacific before I went to bed. And at that point, we were, like, like you said, eight laps down and, I wasn't expecting much, uh, but boy, in the morning to hear that we won, I was uh, frankly a little surprised. I know I was going to get up at nine and you know to see the results, and I said, "Screw it, I want to sleep." So that yeah, was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, Carlos, you came popping in a couple times that uh, early in the morning, um, around one and two in the morning, and then uh, Jose uh, came in uh, before the race was done, so Jose got to see the end of the race. Yes, I was very, very happy uh, to see Matt leading the race there. Well, it sounds like a, a great team effort. Lots of uh, sacrifice, especially you guys through the middle of the night. Appreciate that. And Matt doing that four-hour stint at the end and, and actually bringing it home. Uh, great job. Yeah, it was it was uh, pretty interesting. And uh, Matt's uh, f father, Dave, he was also in the server and asked Matt, you know, hey, you want me to take over for an hour or something like that, and Matt's just like, no, I got it, I got it, and so, yeah, he did a great job those last four hours, I, I, that's what I have to say, and he was probably about uh, a couple seconds faster than uh, uh, Junior and I were uh, running in the middle of the night, so it was, uh, he was a good closer, as in a baseball term, he was, he was uh, Mariana Rivera there, so he did pretty good. Not only that, Matt, Matt I can say, p pretty much spent the majority of the 24 hours with us uh, on the TeamSpeak server as well as inside the server itself, ready to drive at any given time, um, especially like when we had the glitch with, uh, that nobody was able to uh, rejoin the server, Matt was available, and uh, I felt good because of that. that. At least there was somebody that was there to back us up when we needed it, and I'm very happy to have Matt uh, represent us here. Let's talk real quick about how many drivers it takes to do a 24-hour race. I mean, we just detailed out with eight guys, you know, uh, a lot of challenges and stuff that go along with eight guys. But, man, uh, you look at the top six split winners, uh, the first split was four guys, uh, second split was nine, third split was four, uh, five guys, and three guys. Man, I can't imagine trying to pull this race off with three to five guys. No, that, you know, eight hours of driving if with three guys. I mean, that's if you split it evenly. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of driving. And there's no margin for error, you know. And like like Jose, Jose said, we had an issue with the, the where you couldn't get in the server, you know. And uh, we had extra team members around for stuff like that. So it worked out. Yep. Uh, you know, but I would do the same thing in the future. I would have enough people there. So even if... Even if you had some a couple guys that are just on standby or type of thing, you got I I would I think you have to have plenty and plus it I don't know it's kind of enjoyable when there's a lot of guys you know. Yeah, it was a great fun. Uh, I'm really happy that 
our particular team, Tifosi Racing, is such a good record right now in this Road Warrior series. So uh, this win really cements that. Yep, it was a uh, it was pretty good. So anyway, I want to throw out the, the congratulations for all the teams that finished the race, and uh, um, it was a long race. So congratulations for everyone to uh, stick it out, and no matter where you finished, um, I'm sure you guys had a lot of fun uh, in this uh, team wrestling uh, event here at Spa, uh, which I to me is my second favorite road track there is. So. Um, I love the venue, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. So I, um, congratulations to all the people that finished the race. Yeah, I, I do. I want to say kudos to iRacing for getting that problem fixed so quickly and uh, really saving the day. They did a great job at considering it was a Saturday. I also want to mention that uh, even though uh, we as Tifosi won our uh, sector of our race um, it wasn't without the help uh, of two other teams um, that definitely need to be mentioned uh, team one up which consists of course of Allen um, junior um, and of course the uh, Colton let me not forget um, and of course the, the team um, cuckoo's nest which uh, consists of Mark Matt uh, J John and uh, Dave uh, uh, Stark Weathers. Uh, uh, definitely need to mention that uh, great uh, uniting these teams together and uh, definitely did a great job. Yep. It was it was good. It was good putting them together. I um, want to mention that the next Road Warrior event is uh, August 28th through 31st. Uh, there's going to be four races. It's going to be in the in the Williams F1 uh car at the uh, spa again for 44 laps it's called the spa grand prix anyone plan to race that yes i probably would i, I did that last i think it was last season uh, uh which I, at that time uh, they had they, we didn't have the 24 hours of but i think they had a 2.4 or something like that yep mike you gonna jump in the f1 car uh, i don't even own that car so probably not <laughs> Yeah, I don't own it either. When they come out with the McLaren F1, I'm going to get that. And then yeah, I'll... I do intend to get that uh, the new one, but there's no point in buying that real old F1 car. Yeah. Um, and then after that, September 4th, will be the Trucks in Canada, which I know Carlos is really looking yep. forward to. I have that, so. Yeah. He'll wrangle around that track. Yep, and then they're going to bring the Williams uh, F1 car again to Monza on September 11th. So uh, I'm going to miss that one, too. And then the Petit Le Mans at uh, Road Atlanta, which is going to be our next team event, guys, for 394 laps at Road Atlanta. So, um, and that's going to be with the GT3 cars again in the HPD. So uh, everyone uh, get prepared for that. Bring it. Yep. And uh, then after that, the last Road Warrior event will be the Bathurst 1000. October 17th, which is going to be 161 laps around my one of my favorite road tracks, Mount Panorama. Better. Now, that'll be some attrition oh, there. That's going to be an awesome race, but terrible. <sighs> yeah, I, the reason why I love that track, well, first of all, it's it's a nice track. But, um, you know, someone like me who just tries to 
take it easy, not hit anything. I normally do pretty well at this track. Can you imagine the first lap? I mean, can you say starting from the pits? Um, I normally start from the pits at Bathurst, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it, you know, coming up the hill isn't that difficult. It's coming down the hill. Oh, yeah, it's it'll difficult. block up quick, won't it? It will block up quick. So so the reason why I start from the pits is because I don't, really don't want to be in the mess on the on the first lap. You know, I don't. I really don't mind being around a, a car or two, um, coming through those areas. But uh, I, you know, on the first lap, it's a mess. So, um, so I'm actually looking forward to this event. I every once in a while I jump in the V8 and I uh, practice around it. I don't normally run the V8 car, um, so it, it uh, should be fun. Oh, it's in the V8 car. I don't have that car. Yeah, the uh, the Holden and the Ford Falcon V8 supercars. So yeah. that's what the, that's what the Bathurst 1000 is normally run. And yeah, and I like that track too. I do like that track. I don't have that car, but I might have to buy it just for that. Yeah, I got to consider it. Yep. So that's pretty good. So, anyways, that wraps up our Road Warrior in the in the Spa race. So, um, let's move on to uh, NIS. And um, uh, last week, as you guys know, since I dropped off the podcast here i was having internet problems and i saved all my uh, bandwidth usage by the way i just want to say this i was in the spot for 12 hours and i used two gigabytes of data wow ouch big uh, bill really, yeah no it really wasn't that bad i mean you know we we were still under our threshold for uh, actually having to pay more but uh I didn't think it was too bad. I was really worried it was going to be real. You know, it just seems like that's a lot for a locally installed game. Oh, it's a lot of data passing back and forth. I guess you there know? is. Wow, I I didn't realize it was that much. Yeah, but uh, you know, twelve hours and only two gigs, and I had uh, trading paints turned off, so I wasn't downloading anybody's paints or anything like that. So uh, you know, I was trying to keep it at a minimum possible. But once I connected in. Uh, like Jose said, you know, with those problems, I I didn't want to get out, so I just stayed in, and uh, so yeah, twelve hours, two gigs, wasn't too bad. So, uh, saying that, I didn't run Pocono. So how'd you guys do? I I jump, I'll jump in here. I did awesome. I had two top tens, I had a ninth in the open, and a second in fixed, and I almost won that race. I mean, I was four feet away from winning that. Uh, I was fourth on a restart, <clears throat> late restart, and uh, the leaders uh, spun his spun his tires and uh, managed to get around them. But uh, the fourth place or the third place car actually beat me to the line. So, but uh, really good points, 215 championship points. So uh, I'm very pleased with that race. I remember the same boat that Mike was in that same day, getting a second and had, a, you know chance for a win but screwed up a restart and had like 30 laps on my right side tires because a stupid pit mistake caused me to use uh or caused me to just have my left side checked so last part of that race was on left side tires and somehow got second and if i would have got beaten the leader down into one i probably could have won that race all right brad yeah i had a 10th and a fifth or a sixth one of the two can't remember but overall, pretty good. And Brad, we, I was in a race with you and 
I believe you uh, had a spin off three into 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 pit road. Yeah, I pulled a Casey Kane. <laughs> a Casey Kane, that's what we're calling it. Yeah, uh, I bring that up because NASCAR was talking about reconfiguring the track because they had a couple uh, real life incidents there. Casey Kane, uh, Jeb Burton as well during practice spun their car off three right into the pit lane and hitting the wall and uh, not getting anybody hurt, thankfully. But uh, it sounds like they're going to reconfigure the track. And I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think they're going to do? Uh, I kind of think they're going to have a pit entry road uh, there on that little backstretch between two and three. I saw during the, during the uh, pre-race, I think they were talking just about Jeb Bush, and, um, I mean, uh, Jeb Burton's wreck, that they were going to extend the pit wall on down closer to turn three and move the pit boxes. There's like four of them not used at the front at pit exit. So they're going to move them down and move the wall back toward three and move the pit boxes toward turn one. That way, if you came in there at a bad angle, you wouldn't be hitting anywhere where a pit crew would be. Right. Well, and you know, I, isn't it there a curse that every time iRacing scans a, a track that the track goes and changes? I think uh, we're still await, uh, awaiting a, a Pocono update. They had rescanned it. And there have yeah. been changes since. Yeah. I don't know. I just want it smoother, not as mumpy. And now they have this new pit wall extension, you know, that won't be in the scan, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I, just, I just don't want it as bumpy. I don't know. I feel bad I, I missed Pocono. In the, uh, in the integrity race, I actually had a pretty good race. And, um, and I, I normally do okay at Pocono. Um, except for the spring race, but uh, but I uh, I feel bad I missed it. Jose, uh, did we hear from you on how you did? Uh, I did not do too well at all. I, I have been having um, some bad luck the past few weeks, actually. I'm hoping things turn around for me at Watkins Glen. I actually, uh, the last race at Pocono, I believe I did very well. Uh, I came in six, uh, which was Sunday night. Um, and then I followed yesterday with a seventh at Watkins Glen. So hopefully things are looking up. Um, but like I said, I've been having really, really bad luck for the past several weeks. All right. And let's talk about Watkins Glen. That's uh, where we just had the Wednesday night race. And tonight we're going to have the fixed race. So, uh, Carlos, second split, win. Tell us about it. Win. I don't know. It was pretty hard uh work for that because of the fact that the guy behind me I tried to you had to save fuel if you're going to make it on two stops and you know trying to do that with a guy running right behind you half the race and you know you try to save fuel and he runs up to you and you have to you know pick it up or you, he's going to get by and then he can manage the pace of the race you know it's much easier when you're out front but yeah pretty interesting race you know not many people crashed or wrecked out and Probably I don't know what to say about this. I had to, I went from a three-stop strategy to two because I figured, hey, you can save fuel. Why not go for it? And at one point in the race, I was sure, you know, I was in great shape because I saw the leader uh, hit something. You know, he spun the car in the bus stop. And I said, oh, look at that, the leader wrecked. 
and it's racing mine. And, and the next thing I know, like 10, 15 laps later, that guy pops up in my relative, and oh crap, Matt's pushing in. He, he just messed up his pit strategy bad. You know, I just saw him come down pit road three laps before the window, and it's just, you're not going to make it on two if you do that. And it showed he made it work on two, though, but his pace slowed down so bad that it pretty much gave me no challenge at all. So I was able to pull away and, well, secure that victory. Yeah, and you know what I like about this win, Carlos, and why I'm so proud of you is this really demonstrates good racecraft, you know, good strategy. You had the fuel thing figured out. You you knew how to stretch it to to exactly where you needed to go. Uh, great work. Actually, I was spending most of that race trying to figure out, do I have to save this much or this much? And just, I don't know, randomly figuring things out. I had a lap and a half left in the tank. Well, it's always good to have teammates on TeamSpeak to kind yep. of coach you through that, you know, and talk about what kind of mileage am I getting compared to what you're getting, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. All right, and uh, Mike, you were in the top split, um, by the way. Uh, congratulations to uh, Michael Connie. Dominated that race. Uh, he did start in the pits, just to let you guys know. Uh, there was a large crash in turn one at the Jay Heisman posted up in the forums and uh, Facebook, and uh, so a few cars got taken out. Uh, Mike, how'd you do? I was in that. I was right in the middle of it, if you look. Uh, some guy took out Hoyt Smith. It was lap one. He was pushing Hoyt up through the S's, like literally on his bumper, and Hoyt had nothing, to, nowhere to go. The guy turned him. And I, you know, hit the brakes and I kind of nosed it in there and then somebody got my rear in, but it was enough for, uh, you know, damages and I had to go to pit road and I lost two laps right off the bat. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Conti. Yeah, he lapped me several times. He never put a wheel wrong and he dominated that race. Uh, he's a great driver. And uh, I had a good opportunity that was squandered. You know, it was car 31, which I just love getting that draw, but uh, was not able to finish. I think I finished 25th or something. So uh, looking forward to tonight and not getting wrecked. Yeah. Uh, anybody else run last night? Yeah, I was in the same split with uh, Carlos. Didn't up until later on today. I was uh, mid-pack and then... Uh, Fellow spun. I slowed down to get around him, got around him, and then I gassed it up, and then I spun and just trashed it. So I finished dead last. Carlos won. Well, we had him covered. <laughs> Bookends. Top and bottom, eh? All right. So it seems like to be the pit strategy there is just to make it a two-stop race, and but you have to save fuel to be able to accomplish that fact. So, uh, Carlos, how did you save fuel last night? For one, uh, I was shifting to fourth as I'm going through the S, you know, right in the middle, and I usually shift to fourth coming down, or coming out of the S's, and I don't know, there's times I was just letting out the throttle much earlier than I normally would, and slowly picking it up as most people refer to the term of, you know, pretend there's an egg underneath your throttle. That's pretty much really not much you can really do to save fuel while still trying to keep pace. But, you know, stuff like that, let off early. Right, yeah, it's, uh, I know saving fuel is difficult. I was watching uh, one of my teammates uh, last night, and we were and uh, in the team speak, and um, 
and uh, he finished sixth last night. And but he he was not saving fuel in the first two runs, and then the last run he definitely had to uh, had to save it. So he was clutching. He was uh, he was uh, changing his where he uh, shifted. Uh, he was doing everything he he could. He was still running decent uh, lap times because he's you know fast. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, interesting to see on how different people uh, save fuel. You know, last year, last year the same race. So I was actually shutting the car off going into like downhill sections, like turn one. I was giving up too much time. By the time you kick everything back in and then release the clutch, it's just really dangerous. So there was one. There's one technique you can try, but I don't recommend it. Yeah. So I'm actually gonna. Uh... Today, this afternoon, I was working on uh, a two-pit strategy for, with the fixed setup, which I think is a little bit more difficult than with the open uh, setup. So I was working on a strategy that would also give me a, a, some speed. And tonight is also going to be the first time I'm going to use iFuel Watcher, one of Mike's favorite uh, uh, programs. Yeah, I do notice uh, what I've noticed about that is it's aggressive. So whatever number it says is the max, just knock a couple off of it, and you'll be right on. Yep, I, I was using it in uh, practice. And, uh, yeah, seeing how how correct it is. Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> and comparing it with uh, what iRacing was showing. And, um, yeah, it, was, uh, it showed you that you had a little bit more than probably what you did. But uh, I'm going to have it up so I don't have to be watching that fuel all the time, though, and switching over to that black box. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, tonight's going to be the first time I try running that. So yeah, I'm going to, go ahead. I was going to say, the beauty of that program is when you're on your last run to the finish, they have the little gauge that looks like a gas gauge. And it's, if it's in the red, you're not going to make it. If it's in the green, you're going to make it. And if it says one, that's a lap, one lap. Like you're one lap to the good or you're one lap short. And you can watch that gauge as you go through that fuel run as you're saving fuel. And you can see it getting closer to zero. Oh, yeah, I am saving fuel. Or if you see it getting away from zero, you realize, you know what? I'm not saving enough fuel. I need to back off even more. So it's very valuable to be in those situations and uh, might come in useful tonight. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. So, but uh, my normal race runs are about 27 laps, so uh, to stretch it to 30 is uh, going to be challenging for me. But uh, at least if uh, if I don't make it, I'm just going to do a, a short gas and go type of situation at the end. So, or it, I should say, hopefully I got a car at the end <laughs> to be able to try that. Right. All right. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, Alan Bowes won the... The B Open race that was on uh, PSR TV. So uh, congratulations to him. And he's won <laughs> last week too. So I believe that's two weeks in a row. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. So I believe uh, Brian was in a race with Alan Bowes earlier. I think Monday night. And unfortunately, Brian's uh, muted right now. So, but he can't really talk about it. But uh, yeah, Bowes is good. I think we all know that. Well, obviously on the road. I mean, we've seen him, seen him win on the Oval, but obviously uh, winning at Watkins Glen uh, demonstrates, uh, yeah. Yep. 
and also uh, today in the Blanc Pain GT Endurance um, forum, they put in there that uh, that they're going to be moving the teams where you can have four or five drivers per team. Um, on that endurance team that's going to be running for the championship. Uh, so for season four here, they're going to start the uh, qualifying uh, season to be able to get into this uh, new pro uh, league, uh, pro series, which is the endurance championship. And you can have uh, four or five. They haven't uh, decided which ones yet. But a minimum two has to uh, to run that race. So uh, any of you guys planning on putting a team together to run that endurance series? Yeah, I mean, we got some internal team discussions already going on this. Uh, the, the rule was uh, two or three drivers a team, and like you said, they just changed it to four to five now, uh, which really suits us better because um, it's a big commitment if it was only, you know, you have to run every event. But if there's five drivers that can run uh, all the events and you only need two per event, then that kind of leaves some room for scheduling, you know, and and not everyone has to race every event. So I like it. I think we're trying to put it together at least an effort for one car, maybe two. Right. As you know, I've been running the endurance uh, series with uh, Junior. And uh, he was actually telling me last night that uh, you know, he's a big Auburn football fan. And they run these things on Saturdays. And he was saying, well, you know what? If uh, Auburn's going to be playing, I don't know if I'm going to be <laughs> racing. <laughs> So right. this this might give us some leeway here that we probably would need if uh, if Auburn's playing. <laughs> so um, so I'm actually happy to see that they moved that up and uh, looking actually looking forward to the championship. Now I don't have any designs to make pro, but uh, at least we're gonna make them. I have, we're gonna make them earn it though. That's the thing. We're not there to take the pro, but we're gonna make those guys earn it. Make them earn it. Well, I won't be in their splits. I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I won't make them earn it, but uh, but it's 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 a fun thing to race. Yeah. Um, there's no I rating uh, stuff on it. There is safety rating, but there's no I rating, and so it's it's a very fun thing to race. And if you enjoy team uh, racing, you don't have to wait for road warrior events. You can do this every week, and it's to me it's a blast. Now let's let's remind everybody. What does this lead to if you do well? I mean, you said go pro, but so is this a new pro thing? Uh, yeah, and I think we announced it maybe about a month ago about the Blomkane GT Endurance Championship that I'm racing. Where they, they, for uh, next made a, year. Yeah, made a deal for, so it's going to be season one, 2016, that they're going to have a pro series. Right. So you can earn a pro license in the Endurance Series. And uh, win cash prizes or something, I believe, too. Yeah, there's yeah, several different prizes that they're going to have. Um, I doubt if it's going to be that $10,000 thing because, obviously, it's a team uh, race here. But, um, but it, is, uh, it is a pro series. So they're going to take the top 40 teams from Season 4. And uh, so it should be, uh, should be fun. So, like I said, I, I I know I don't have any designs to make the top 40 teams because you're going to have all the good racers coming out for this. But I'm kind of hoping that they have it at the same time as the as the Grand Prix Championship. So uh, maybe we can at least uh, take some uh, Black Stripers uh, out of here for uh, for this other one here. 
There you go. And uh, no Nurburgring will be in that season four, is what I've heard. Yep. Uh, won't be completed. Uh, Tony Gardner uh, mentioned that in one of the uh, things where people were planning out their uh, schedules for season four, and he said, don't uh, plan to have Nurburgring in there because it won't be completed yet. So, yep, that's going to be a little bit of a longer wait, which is uh, too bad because uh, I'm looking forward to that track. But uh, we'll see uh, when it comes out. And, uh, Mike, uh, the next one you put on that you found, that iRacing is going to be on a real TV broadcast. In the it UK. is. Yeah, just announced yesterday, BSR uh, and Apex Racing TV have some kind of agreement with Motors TV UK to nationally televise in the UK the final 19 races of the British Sim Racers Touring Car Pro Series season. Now, uh, I've never even heard of this uh, before this article uh, by Andy Woodhouse. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, and interestingly, they're going to be on national TV. There's a $10,000 prize fund. Um, they're going to have hour-long highlight package uh, that will air each week uh, featuring action from all three of the races uh, with commentary. So they're not uh, broadcasting the actual races, but I think it's a highlights package of the races. Okay. Um, and, wow. I, I, you know, my, my reaction is, you know, this is great. You know, I love to see, you know, sim racing come mainstream. You put it on broadcast TV where the general population can see it. Uh, boy, that's just good news all the way around. It is. And, uh, you know, there's a, a few uh, streamers and stuff that broadcast their in-car in the, in the BSR um, league, which happens to be a fantastic league, by the way. They got some real good ones. They race the Kias around, and they race uh, basically three short races. And there's a bunch of cars out there. <laughs> it's, it's wild, um, wild stuff. But uh, it's, a, it's a fun watch. So I'm sure the people that are watching on the regular TV in the UK are going to be seeing a show that they've never seen before of sim racers out there racing their cars. And be honest with you, if, if, if you're someone that enjoys watching racing on TV, watching sim racing to me is not much different, you know? It's not, really. As long as they get your names right. Yeah, Fronteca. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to have a good production uh, to enjoy it. But a good production team can really simulate, you know, real racing, what you would watch in real racing. And, of course, we know the racing is, is similar uh, because iRacing is such a sim, you know, as far as uh, matching up to real world. Yeah, plus I think it's... Uh, it's uh... It's a great way for iRacing to be out there and get more people into it, more racers in there. Um, you know, it's only good for all of us. The more racers that the racers that they are into the sim, that means that there's going to be more splits in the, in the series that you run. The series are um, every series hopefully will be have people in it, so you're not struggling to find official races or anything like that. So the more there is, the better there is, and the more it could be promoted, the better. And just being on TV in the UK at least is a start. And hopefully it would be on here. I mean, like we got like Speed Channel or whatever it is, FS2, FS3, you know, 
you know, they can definitely show some simracy and I'm sure people would watch. You know, growth is important to everyone, I think, because we already have heard, you know, from Tony Gardner that they're investing their profit back into the product. So the more people that get signed up, the better, because uh, that's just going to make the the sim better. You know, they're going to hire more people. They're going to, you know, improve it even faster than they are now. And uh, it's a snowball effect. So uh, kudos to the, whoever put this deal together um, and whoever put up the $10,000 prize fund. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see how this shakes out. Yep, should be fun. All right, and uh, next thing we have on the list is a little tidbit came out in the forum from David Tucker about Dave. You think that's David, or is it just another? No, Dave I think he's the... referring to Dave Kramer, the uh, founder of iRacing. Yeah, I'm not sure if he'd be programming here. So I'm. Well, he does. This... He does the. Uh, he does the um, tire programming. So he works on the tire model. Okay. And anyway, uh, I was in the forums and, and came across this quote, and I thought it was uh, kind of neat, so I'm going to uh, read it. Dave is working on flat spots. I don't know when it will go to members, but I've heard good things about it. I think it's all tied together with the marbles and track heat work, so expect a rather large update at some point in the future. And obviously he's talking about flat spotting of the tires, and how that's going to interact with the the tr new dynamic track model. So interesting. It is. Um, uh, next thing we have on the list is the Joel real timing, which I know you guys are, especially you, Mike. You used it during the 24-hour. Matter of fact, I uh, a lot of people were posting on Facebook how their team was doing during the 24-hour, and a lot of the Posting the pictures you saw was from the Joel Real Timing software, so why don't you explain a little bit about it to us? Yeah, I found it just before the spa race, and it's been all over the forums and Facebook. You can find it at Joel J O E L Real Timing uh, at Facebook, and um, it's just a little software program that you run a server on your iRacing machine, and then on any network device that's on the same network, like another laptop, an iPad, iPhone, whatever you can run the scoring and it's basically formula one style uh... scoring with lots of columns uh... that show all kinds of information how many pit stops when's your last pit how many laps on this run fastest lap last lap gaps you know front and back uh... and then it color changes you know red and green as people cycle up through the grid as they uh, push forward and pass cars or if you're getting past you'll see yourself drop down and it turns red and that kind of thing so as you're driving you can kind of see it out of the corner of your eye and keep up with certain things uh... during the race and i found it really good and and it's one of my uh, regulars now and i'm running it for every race all right. Um, and that would be uh, good for uh, just a fourth screen, or can you also run it through uh, like HTTP when you're running it on uh, just a I'm actually screen. running it on a second computer on my network. So um, okay. you can do it on a fourth screen or on a separate device uh, as long as that's uh, on your same Wi-Fi uh, or your house network or whatever. Right. Okay. Um Mike, the next topic is yours. <laughs> well, we're going to jump into uh, uh, hardware stuff. I found a something on the, uh, uh, I found, I don't know where I found this, but it's uh, FastTrackSims.com. It's a cool shirt, T-shirt, and it's a water-cooled 
t-shirt and it's got like hoses uh sewn into the That's shirt crazy. that cycle water cold water from this other device that you know uh, obviously pumps the water and um it's like a real cool suit that real nascar drivers use and that kind of thing but it's uh it's made by this uh, fasttracksims.com and it's uh, for the sim racer uh i've never seen such a thing i thought it was kind of funny i kind of laughed at it uh do you guys need this uh, jose you're always saying you're hot i think <laughs> brand <laughs> Well, I, I tell you what, if if I'm running in the back and, and everything, I, I'm fine. But uh, you get me in the top 10 late in the race, and I will finish, and my wife will come up and ask me how I did and touch my head, and she goes, oh, that's gross, because I'm over here sweating like a pig. Maybe you need it. I don't see me doing it, but... Maybe I do need it, but I probably won't do it. <laughs> yeah, see, I got two thoughts of that. One is, I'm fat enough. Um, <laughs> but it's, you're sweating off the calories, right? <laughs> and two is, I'm in my unfinished basement up here in Minnesota. I don't have any problems with, uh, with the heat. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I think, I'm, I don't know, maybe someone will get it, but... Uh, but I guess if I'm still on, I'll put an ice pack in my shirt like the real NASCAR guys do. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of had to laugh at that one. Uh, next up, we had uh, just a couple of uh, real racing crossovers again with iRacing. Uh, this time, it was the uh, 2014 Blank Paint Endurance and GT Series champion Lawrence Vantour. Uh, talking about iRacing, and, and he basically says, quote, I'm not saying iRacing is the reason I won at Brands Hatch and Zolder. It may just be a coincidence, but the fact is that I practiced Brands Hatch on iRacing for the month before the race, then competed with my brother in private sim races <clears throat> where we tried our best to beat each other, and on the race weekend, I won the pole, set a lap record, and won the race. So for sure it helps. So huge endorsement there from a, a real world driver. Uh, another endorsement came out uh, in the podcast I listened to called the uh, Indie Sports Car Podcast. Uh, they talk at Indie Car and Sports Car Real Racing, and uh, there was an interview with a up and coming Formula Three driver, Parker Thompson, and he uh, also indicated he prepares for all the races using iRacing. Uh, specifically, uh, Laguna Seca was the one he's been working on recently. So, uh, again, uh, lots of crossover to the real real world. Yeah, I think we've been actually hearing this for years from uh, from drivers, um, like we've heard in the NASCAR days um, or a long time ago, about guys that would uh, race on tracks that they'd never been on, or and you know, or just get more familiar with everything. Uh, it wasn't only iRacing, but it was the old uh, Pampers games, too, One, especially when you heard about uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and stuff um, racing. And, uh, and for some reason, I'm forgetting the guy that drives the FedEx, number 11 car. Who's that? Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, yep. Denny Hamlin was uh, was one of those earlier sim racers, too. So, um, Isn't that where he learned Pocono? Yep, that is where he learned Pocono. So, I mean, this is... Uh, 
this will be around and I'm sure many racers are taking advantage of the of the things that we have today where it's so realistic. I think uh, Brandon McReynolds talked about it. David Kudos, uh, I think he won the uh, East-West Challenge there the other week at Iowa. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, iRacing put up a new promo video, uh, which is our next topic. Um, so it's just a promo of all the different series and all the different cars and stuff like that you can run. Um, but uh, I think the reason why we have it on here is because it was real nice production. Is that uh, correct there, Mike? Yeah, you know, when you look at these things on your on your iPhone, they all look the same, you know, kind of thing. And for whatever reason, I've watched this full screen on my triples with the sound turned up, and I was like, wow, this looks great. And it really seems to me they've stepped up their uh, video production. This is like a full-blown iRacing commercial is what it is. And uh, I just thought I'd point it out. They put it out a couple days ago. Share it with your friends and family. Uh, help spread the word. Yeah, I, sh uh, I shared it on my page. Yeah, Mike, why don't you, uh, since we're rolling into more hardware, why don't you just kind of take over and talk about a lot of these hardware things? Yeah, all right, let's uh, cruise on here. Um, we have one more topic before we get to the hardware stuff. Uh, just real quick, we talked about last week uh, the GoFundMe and the people asking for money on the forums. And, uh, and we had quite a discussion about that last week. But uh, this week I find another forum thread, another GoFundMe. This time the dad, I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, the dad wants iRacing community to buy his 13-year-old son a Glock pistol for his birthday. And, uh, yeah, a few people who responded to the thread thought it was uh, uh, legit and such, but turns out it was actually a prank. The guy was trying to prank everybody uh, based on, you know, everybody asking for money on the forums. But uh right. kind of funny. And couldn't people tell just by the subject that it was a prank? I, I don't know. What was the actual subject of the thread? Um, to you uh, needs help buying his son a thirteenth. Yeah, his 13 yeah for son my son's thirteenth birthday. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. So I, yeah, I, as soon as I saw it, I knew it was a joke. You know, <laughs> I mean, a gun. <laughs> so anyway, go all ahead right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> we're we're gonna hit a bunch of things that we found in the forums here. Uh, first off. How many of you guys know that you can paint the driver's face your iRacer driver? Now, Alan, you said it's been known for quite some time, but I've been around three years. I've never heard of it. Uh, yeah, actually, this, the, uh, the post um, in here is from 2012. Um, I remember when I was first looking up on, on painting uh, suits, and stuff i i came across where you can actually uh paint the face or you know basically import a picture yourself and and in one of the templates that is actually part of uh some of the templates that you can download not exactly iRacing but what people post in the forums uh one of the templates for the for the helmet it actually has a skeleton face in there um and so uh yeah it's a. Uh, am sure a lot of people don't know about it but uh it's been around for a while. Well, thought I'd throw that out there so people would know. Uh, yeah, I might have to look at that. I haven't. I didn't know about that. 
Uh, we talked about the uh, last week, the uh, main performance PC uh, is doing a Butto group buy. Uh, and are trying to put together a bunch of people to basically get a group discount on, a, on the buy of Obutto cockpits. And uh, the news is, is yes, they are proceeding. And those cockpits are at quite a uh, discount. So if you're interested, be sure to check that out. Uh, staying with cockpits, uh, there was another post. Uh, basically... Uh, you know, if you're building your own, and Brad, I know that you're kind of tinkering with that a little bit. You sent me some pictures, but uh, uh, there's a post that's called 8020 Cockpit, and it's a build-your-own system. Uh, he basically provides you the images, the videos, and the plans of how to actually put it together. So um, uh, 8020 is that metal stuff that you can screw together with machine screws. It's really solid, um, silver-looking. Um, it's like a large erector set, right? For men. <laughs> and if I was starting over and wanting a cockpit, I'd certainly be looking at this eighty twenty stuff. Uh, what do you think, Brad? Uh, it would be really good if you had the stuff and it was already pre-cut, and all you had to do was put it together. Uh, but if it's metal, I don't have the capability to start cutting metal and stuff like that, fabricate it. That's why I went with wood, and I, I got most of my ideas and thoughts from watching uh, videos on YouTube on people that had done them. I mean, I saw some that I really wanted, but I thought, eh, that's out of my league. And then I thought some, I saw some others that I said, I can do that and a little better. Yeah, uh, let me add though on the 8020 thing is the in the form there's actually cockpit plans, and you order these things. They're pre-cut and everything. It's just up to you to put together. So, um, and like I said, it's kind of like a large erector set where the only thing you need to do is just follow the plans and put them all together, and and uh, you could come up with something. Um, I believe uh, Darren Ganji of uh, uh, that on most of his uh, YouTube videos, you can see his cockpit and his an eighty twenty thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm kind of a little bit like Brad. Um, you know, if you're a little bit of a handyman type of thing, you can probably put together something um, out of wood and come up with your own things. But uh, for a lot of people, the eighty twenty stuff seems to work for them. So, well, Brad, you're a work in progress. You got the seat and you got kind of the base going and. Yeah, I've got, uh, well, to be honest with you right now, I've got half-inch plywood uh, held by clamps to my computer desk, and that's what I'm using right now, and I'm just, I'm trying to figure out the height of my steering wheel, and I think I'm going to drop it about two inches. Still trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, and I've got my gear shift holder made to where that it's kind of down at, at, at seat level, Kind of like a normal thing instead of having it up high where I had it right with the side of the steering wheel. A little more natural down there. A little bit. Kind of like driving my truck, you know. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the next item uh, was uh, a YouTube video that was put up by uh, the Sim Pit. Uh, and we thank them for doing that on a, an event, an open house that was held at CXC Simulations. And this is a company 
that makes high-end cockpits that uh, do motion. And um, this open house, this video, I, I, I urge you to go find it. It's uh, the SimPit channel, and it's called CXC Simulations Open House. But what's amazing is they have like this large warehouse area with, I believe it's 12 different uh, motion rigs all set up and running at the same time. And uh, they let everyone uh, sit down and race each other. And it's just kind of a neat visual just to see all these, uh, you know, $40,000 rigs all running at the same time with these huge triple monitors. And, uh, boy, it's just a neat sight to see. Is that about how much it cost? Yeah, uh, crazy money for these things. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the next topic. But, uh, Carlos, hopefully you can show some of those pictures on your uh, live Twitch for everybody. Yeah, I'm going to pick one up tomorrow, I think. Uh, yeah, if, you, if money's not an object, you want to be talking to CXC simulations for sure. Um, really neat event. Uh, I certainly would be interested in going to their open house. Uh, so uh, check it out. The next uh, topic I want to bring up is... Uh, staying on the motion rig deal, uh, Zach Davis from Chicago, a fellow iRacer, has got a deal on a used uh, unit. Uh, basically, it's all in one. Uh, got everything included. It's the Sim Experience Stage 5 rig. And if you know what that is, that's basically the competition to the company I mentioned a minute ago. Um, and that's their premier product. And it's got 346s, it's got SimVibe, it's got the GS4 um, moving flappable seat thing, uh, all kinds of stuff, fully loaded. It's based in Chicago right now at a museum, and it uh, goes for 15000 out the door, which uh, yeah, is never a mind. really good price. That. I'll get that. I'm close to Chicago. I'll, I'll take that one instead. Uh, one of the posters on the on the thread added up uh, what the stuff cost. Uh, it, stage five is twenty two thousand five hundred new. GS four two thousand. Sim vibe nineteen hundred. So basically, it's twenty six thousand four hundred dollars worth of sim gear for fifteen grand. So if you want to go all out and you and you have fifteen grand, you should check out Zach Davis. Really good price. That you can't beat that. All right. My question would be, why is he selling it, and why is he selling it that cheap? I mean, is he going bigger, better, or did he just not like it? Because I've seen some of them, them motion rigs, and I, I think it would almost mess with me a little bit. Just having done this for so many years and knowing what I what I like and what I don't, it would take me a while to get used to moving. This guy actually answers your question on the thread. He said the unit was downtown Chicago at a sports museum. Long story short is they have a restaurant staff running it, and it's not working out for them. They need something more mobile that they can move in and out. And so basically he's just acting as a, a liaison or something. Uh, I don't know if he's getting a cut or what, or he was involved in the original sale. I don't know, but uh, he's uh, trying to sell it for him. All right. All right. Uh, the next one up is, we talked about this last time, and I believe the time before when I got my breaks, but the Sim, Sim Experience 
AccuForce Pro Wheel Direct Drive that we were kind of salivating over last week. Uh, there's actually a uh, nice uh, in-depth review up now uh, by Inside Sim Racing TV. Uh, so if you go to their YouTube channel, you can get a closer look at the AccuForce Pro Wheel. Um, this was published July 23rd, and uh, it's a fairly new review. And I certainly enjoyed looking at it and pretty much kind of sold me on the product, even though uh, I can't afford it, but I, boy, it sure looks nice. What about Sim Racing Garage? They had one too about it, but that might have been before it was completely released. Yeah, they had one, and uh, they did a comparison with uh, with the Bodner wheel and uh, uh, OCW, uh, which is a build-your-own uh, wheel type of thing. And uh, But yeah, if I had $1,800, I would probably uh, spend on a wheel. I'd probably get the AccuForce. And uh, one thing about this video is that Darren kind of goes through all the software for it. And uh, there's Sim Commander software, and you can really set it up to uh, exact uh, precision on how you want your force uh, feedback to feel based on the car and the track and that type of stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it really looks like a nice wheel. I, I was going to say, just like loading up a setup for your car when you go into a particular race or track, you also need to do the same thing with your wheel. You load up a particular, you know, profile that has, okay, I'm on this car at this track, I can have this profile. Yep. You know, and, and, and it would be nice to actually load it in rather than what uh, I think all of us do now is just kind of play with the, the force feedback and that type of stuff when we uh, start practicing. So it would be have nice to have some preset loads. All right, moving on. Uh, I got another uh, review of a motion cockpit by the Sim Pit this time. We're going back and forth with those guys and... Uh, they have on their YouTube a uh, what's called the Top Speed, one word, motion simulator. And it's a newer company that's on the market uh, that basically the what I, it's what I would call a low-end motion rig or a budget motion rig. Uh, the monitors don't move, but everything else does. It's $4,900, and it's basically there's a center post that's kind of a pivot right in the middle and then the entire rig is like pivoting on that and it's got like hydraulic arms on the back part of it that kind of move it around so uh, interesting review um, you know if you can't afford the fifteen thousand dollar you know sim experience unit from Chicago you can get this one for forty nine hundred um, there's quite a bit of differences though uh, and um, Check it out if you're interested. I wasn't really uh, impressed by this particular unit, though. Yeah, before we get to the next topic, do you guys know anybody that has a motion rig? Nope. Crickets? Nope. No. All right. We got to get somebody on here then that does. Obviously, they're out there. You know, people, there's a there's an industry here, you know, around it. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of surprised about that. You know, I can understand if you're uh, you're a big house, you know, or something like that. You know, like for example, you know, iRacing has that thing at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and I can understand on on having those things. Or you remember those old uh, um, places where you can go uh, drive a 
like a NASCAR thing in, into a game, and you and you would get into this thing was like about a half a car. You guys ever remember that? Any kind of uh, malls or anything? Oh yeah. 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 yeah this is what. To me, this is what this is for, you know, not necessarily for you sitting at home, but I know people get it. But, um, you know, this to me, that's more for the bigger companies that would actually charge people to come in and, and do races and that kind of stuff. So, but, uh, yeah, I don't know anybody who has any of these things. And uh, but it would be interesting to see or hear from people who do have these things sitting at their house, you know. Yeah. You know, when you we're looking at cockpits and rigs and stuff like that, that's a big decision. Do you want? Are you going to go stationary? Or are you going to go motion? And that kind of is a big fork in the road right there. I think everybody in this room who's dealing with cockpits are obviously on stationary. Yep. Yep. Everyone that I know that has a cockpit is a stationary cockpit. So. Yep. The only thing moving in the cockpit is me. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, final topic is uh, the Logitech G29. There's also another YouTube uh, in-depth review out there on that. Uh, we've been talking about it for some time. Inside Sim Racing this time it did it on July 18th. Uh, nothing special there except one little bit uh, tidbit of information. They did determine that the G27 gear shift is compatible with the Logitech G29 wheel. This, the the just the gear shift part of it. The buttons were not. The buttons would not work. All right. So if you're looking to move up to the G29, well, luckily enough, there's uh, plenty of buttons on the G29 to maybe make up for the uh, losing the buttons of the, on the gear, so right. on the shifter. So anyway, so if you're looking to move up, that's a good piece of uh, information for you. Um. That should be our last topic, right? Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, final thoughts time. Uh, Brad, any final thoughts for the show? Here? Yeah, this was uh, very interesting. I've listened to your other podcast and uh, appreciate being on. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Uh, Jose? Final thoughts? Uh, no, no final thoughts. I just um, actually I do want to say that uh, again, congratulations to all winners and uh, 24 hours of spa uh, that just came up, and uh, I hope that we can continue the uh, the upswing. All right, uh, Carlos, you got anything? Oh, since last week you skipped me. Nah, I don't got really got anything this time. <laughs> skipped you on purpose, uh, Mike. Uh, you got a final thought? Um, yeah, like Jose said, kudos to the Spa 24 winners. That's really is a prestigious race to win. In my eyes, that's one of the big ones, you know, to win at that particular track, and especially in a 24-hour race. So uh, it certainly comes down as one of my most memorable wins. Uh, and then shout-outs, uh, there are none. And that's because our audience isn't interacting with us. Hey, guys, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, whatever, we're at iRacers Lounge. Uh, if you want to be on the show, let us know. Hey, you want to talk, uh, bring up a certain topic? Uh, you want us to look at a piece of hardware, whatever, let us know. All right, and uh, uh, for my final thought here is that I want to bring up something that Carlos has put out on his YouTube channel, which is uh, Sim Racing Chewy Side. 
which is a, a couple of tutorials on how to use OBS. And um, so his first tutorial is just about how to record locally and then uh, get a video together so you can upload to YouTube. And his second tier tutorial is uh, how to stream uh, using OBS. So uh, thank you, Carlos, for putting that up. Really appreciate that. It's a couple good videos if you're interested in uh, recording or streaming or both. And uh, so I encourage you all to uh, go out there to Sim Racing Choose site and go take a look. Um, also let you know that uh, it was only one week since our last show. But as you can tell that we've had uh, many items that we've been uh, passing over for our last couple shows. So uh, we wanted to get to them. And... Uh, and so uh, hopefully we'll be back on our every other week schedule here and, uh, and get back into uh, having more guests and uh, more uh, loose discussions on these things. But um, uh, that's it. I appreciate everyone uh, listening and, uh, and uh, downloading and uh, having your comments. And um, uh, see you next time. Later. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us over on iTunes and Stitcher. See you on the track. Mm -hmm.